This episode of the Lynx Golf Podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Tourism Ireland. Discover what fills your heart with Ireland and experience golf like never before. World-class courses, historic links, breathtaking scenery, and unmatched hospitality await. Visit ireland.com backslash golf and start planning your trip today. Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. I am your co-host, digital editor, Al Lunsford, joined by my co-host, Joe Passoff. Joe, it was nice to see you at the Masters. I think we had a good week there. Uh, saw a great tournament, obviously. Really good winner, John Rom. Congratulations to him. Uh, and the beat keeps on moving, so there's plenty of golf to watch in the near future. We got Harbortown going on this week. I'm sure plenty of people will be tuning into that. Uh, with Harbor Town and the idea that that's a place that, you know, unlike Augusta, no one can really play. Anybody can play Harbor Town, and oftentimes that's a popular place to go on a golf trip. Uh, book a package, head on down to Hilton Head Island, and play a bunch of golf with your friends. Got me thinking, Joe and I, about uh, a question we also pose to our readers, and we're going to share our own perspective list. We each come up with a, a top five list of our own. Golf essentials, things you won't leave home without when packing for a golf trip. So we're going to get into those lists. Uh, before I do that, welcome, Joe. How are you? I'm doing fine, Al. Yeah, it was a great week in Augusta. And uh, some compelling drama when you get right down to it, both with the weather and the adverse conditions that uh, the players face. And then, you know, having um, John Rahm of the PGA Tour and then multiple major winner Brooks Kepka from the other tour uh, that, that really kind of did a head-to-head -head duel. Um, and you know what? Uh, hats off to John Rahm. He was fabulous every time he needed to be. It was a compelling Sunday of golf. More than 18 holes to play for most people and, and to watch uh, for us at home. So many different storylines in there. The the live versus PGA's tour storylines. Phil Mickelson, you know, rising from the the dead and, and almost taking it himself. Um, you had the the amateur playing well. Sam Bennett. Uh, there's just a lot to talk about, so that was really fun. But um, our conversation today, we've got our golf trip essentials. We've also got, if you stick around, we've got a great interview with some representatives from the Youth on Course organization. That's a nonprofit and allows the ability for junior golfers to play some of the best courses in the country uh, for five bucks, essentially, uh, if you, you join and sign up. They'll explain that whole process. Maybe you have a child of your own who you want to take up the game. This could be a great option for you and for them uh, to learn uh, the values and the merits of golf and play some, some pretty cool courses. So check out their website, Youth on Course is their name. Uh, for now, let's get this going. Let's start, Joe. We each have a top five we gave each other. I think the best thing for us to do is to go back and forth on our lists. At the end of this, we'll share a couple of reader answers like I mentioned. But, Joe, let's just get it going. Start with number one on your list. What is one thing you won't leave home without for a golf trip? Well, it's been my number one for, uh, what, what are we, 2023? Yeah, my number one for at least 15 years. And that is the Club Glove Last Bag Travel Cover. And, uh, you know, I, I tip my hat to the innovation that's come down through the years from a variety of companies. Uh, there are some excellent uh, carry bags uh, in terms of travel bags. I don't mean carry bags with a golf bag, but carrying it through an airport. Okay, Sun Mountain, OGO. There are a number of companies that, that have done very, very well uh, innovating and uh, making uh, a nearly indestructible product that's convenient to get around. But Club Glove has been my choice for years and years. And, uh, you know, they make a product with uh, another add-on called the Stiff Arm, which is very popular, especially with a little bit of the smaller products that they have. And that's just kind of a rod that, braces everything so that nothing can be twisted around or crushed, so to speak. But most of the products they make, I'm going to venture say all of them, um, are so well made. 
that with proprietary materials and a manufacturing system uh, that nothing bad happens in transit. And it's just been a safety valve, something, a security blanket for me, knowing uh, I used to travel a ton, still, still do my share, but I was on the road all the time. And the security of having my golf clubs packed in a golf club uh, travel bag, such as from Club Glove, was fantastic. Just absolutely reassuring every time I fly. And um, I, I've never been paid by them. Uh, so, you know, it's it's an endorsement of sorts. But I had one awesome, awesome Club Glove experience. And I was coming back from the Big Island of Hawaii, playing out. Uh, in the Pro-Am at the uh, Four Seasons Walleye. And a number of us were on the same flight. I got back to LAX in Los Angeles. And three of us happened to be waiting for our golf bags to come out at a separate area. Uh, Tom Watson, Bernhard Longer, and me. And finally, they start to roll out. And we're all using club gloves. And Tom Watson says apropos to nothing boy look at all those club gloves they're absolutely amazing aren't they and i said yeah that's that's all i would trust my clubs to and you know there you go tom watson endorsing it and i figured all right if it's good enough for him it's good enough for me and uh, it was a nice memory to have associated uh, for club glove well you may very well be on your way to uh, an in a deal, a sponsorship deal with Club Glove with that kind of story to tell. And I, I've always heard that, you know, we've done stories about travel bags in the past. Club Glove is always at the top. I know people have seen that that rod. It almost looks like it has like one of those soccer cones on the top of it uh, that you put inside your golf bag. To have something like that uh, is such a reassurance, a comforting type of thing. Uh, everyone's seen pictures on social media of people coming off flights with broken golf clubs from the, uh, the aircraft attendants jerking their clubs around, throwing them all over the place. So that's a, that's definitely a good one. Um, how about yeah. for you, Al? What's uh, what's number, what tops your list of must, must have essentials when you travel for golf. So let me say this before we, before I go into my number one, you know, we're talking about packing for a golf trip. So neither of us are me going to, going to be saying, Hey, your golf clubs, your golf balls. It's not the things that like, obviously you need to play golf when you're going on a trip, but, but yeah, these are things that both Joe and I deem to be, you know, necessary to our own personal travel. Uh, and maybe th it'll help you think harder about the way you pack too, or maybe you'll, you'll identify with one of our, our items, but nonetheless, number one for me, uh, I always, buy new golf clubs before a golf trip. And this is not to say any course that I play regularly, that doesn't really apply. If I'm going to play a course that I've played 10, 20 times before already, I'm not necessarily going out and buying a glove, but if I'm going to just went to Kiowa, if I'm going to somewhere like that, I'm going on Amazon, I'm going and buying my two pack of FootJoy Weathersoft gloves. There's just something about stepping on the first tee the driving range before around on a course you've never played or your course you're playing with your friends and having a brand new golf club it gives you that confidence that you know you're putting your best foot forward and it just feels right to me that it, it there's something you know that makes me feel like i'm going to play well if i have a brand new golf club on i don't know about you you know, Al, uh, I hadn't thought of it that way, and yet I couldn't agree with you more. Um, it's especially when you're going to play a, uh, a new golf course, especially a highly ranked golf course, whether in somebody's top 100 or in your own personal list, where you're exactly right. You do want to put your best foot forward. You want to be prepared mentally and physically because you want to enjoy this round as much as possible. And having that confidence of a new golf club um, especially one as reliable uh, as the as the Putjoy Weathersoft. Um, you know, it happens in Arizona where I live, where gloves dry out. You know, I mean, of every quality, eventually they dry out, uh, and and that 
negative feeling that washes over you when you go back into your bag to start around and you see kind of some dried up crumpled glove that you forgot to take care of or it's just used up its lifespan and you kicking yourself you're kicking yourself because you didn't have a better glove a new glove you know to, to start your round with so um yeah uh, no question about it and then having a backup glove for whether it's raining or you're sweating or however it works uh you know sound advice for sure positive energy that's what we need okay number two on your list okay uh, as the models say i'm wearing them right now <laughs> <laughs> those are my bose quiet comfort headphones and um, yeah, I go back a long way with Bose. Uh, the Quiet Comfort 15s for uh, are what I started with, and then I moved to the 35s. And apparently, they got a 45 out now. But um, they're noise canceling headphones, so you plug in when you're doing something like we're doing. You can watch a movie, uh, listen to music, do a Zoom call, whatever it takes. But even if you're not listening to something, you just want the noise canceling aspect if you're trying to get some work done on a flight um, or even in a hotel room and you just want that noise reduction aspect going on uh, invaluable and I have had these with me on virtually every trip only lost them one time left them uh, at O'Hare while I was covering the 2012 Ryder Cup at Medina and um Fortunately, uh, I had a family member that was able to uh, pop a new set over to me for my birthday. But, you know, that's my take, Al. And I know that um, there are a whole generation of folks that swear by the Apple AirPods Pro, take up far less room, just as effective. Um, but, uh, and, and, and some people just don't care for the over-the-ear sensation. I like that, uh, as I say, I'm, I'm doing that right now. Um, the much smaller uh, Apple product kind of pops into your ears. And after a while, it just kind of, I want to yank about yeah. sort of thing. But, you know, it's a terrific product. And every just about everybody I know loves it. But, you know, I'm, I'm confirmed with my Bose headphones. And uh, again, I get use out of them out, out of every single trip I take. Yeah, this one for me is it's this is a travel essential, not necessarily even just a golf trip thing. I'm I'm the guy on the airport that or on the airplane that has his headphones on pretty much the whole time. Um so you're not looking to get any conversation out of me. I'm not gonna give it to you because I've got my headphones on the entire time. Um but yeah, I agree. I'm also an over the ear person. Uh on ear or in ear the for me, the the in-ear stuff, it always falls out. I think I've got a weird-shaped canal going on or something because I can't get them to stay in. So I like the over-the-ear stuff, too. And that's anywhere I go, uh, any sort of travel that I'm doing. Um, not driving, of course, but if I'm on an airplane, I've got the headphones on, too. So absolutely couldn't agree more. I've got my headphones with me everywhere. Number two for me is one that will be on a lot of people's list. Uh, and maybe you can relate to me on this one too, but sunscreen. I, you absolutely have to pack some form of sunscreen, a spray, a cream. They even make powder now. Like It looks like a makeup brush that you can throw in your golf bag uh, if you're not worried about looking like you're putting on foundation. It's actually a great sunscreen tool that that they have There's so many different things now you can use for sunscreen. But uh, this is on my list because I learned a long time ago that if you don't bring sunscreen on your golf trip, you can't count on anyone else to bring it because everyone's going to be asking everybody else, hey, do you have any sunscreen I can borrow? And again, this is the type of thing that a lot of clubhouses now in the, the men's locker room and the bathrooms, they have sunscreen in the bathroom that they can use you can use that they provide but you just can't you know it's something that you're betting on and that they have sunscreen then a lot of times you're out of luck and too many times you i'm sure you've seen it joe there's 
there's definitely at least one guy in the group that is an absolute lobster by the end of the trip. So <laughs> don't be that guy. Pack sunscreen in your bag. That's my tip. Yeah, the only the only lobsters we want on our in our golf travel are that great trip to Maine. Um, <laughs> or, <clears throat> however, uh, Al, again, it seems like such common sense to be advocating uh, an indispensable item such as sun sunscreen. Um, you know, my history with uh, failing that advice goes back to the early 1980s. I was a young guy traveling around and I used to use this example. I mean, for 20, 25 years, I used this example. The worst sunburn I ever got was on a 78 degree day on the golf course. Because it was only 78 with a nice breeze, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine. I don't need that. Um, but it was in Colorado. In southwestern Colorado, uh, Pagosa Springs, and you know, I was up at around seven thousand feet, and I got the worst sunburn I've ever had. I mean, the back of my neck was just raw. It was unbelievable. I just couldn't comprehend how, on a seventy-eight degree day, I was going to get that blister. Because usually, I tanned pretty well, just kind of how my ancestors are and my complexion and everything. And man, I got I got my world rocked that day. That sun will sneak up on you. And hey, if you bring sunscreen, then you're the hero. Everyone's going to ask you for it. So don't plan to come home with it either. Uh, all right, number three, let's keep it moving. Okay. Number three, Al, rain grip golf clubs from FootJoy. And man, oh man, um, as I thought about this item, I, I kind of, I, I'm laughing to myself because they're seldom used, Okay. I mean, sometimes you even forget you have them. And then when you need them and you open up that little zippered pocket on the down at the bottom of your golf bag, you are so glad to have them because they work and they work well under the conditions that they were designed for. And uh, I, I think uh, the same company, FootJoy, makes a cold weather glove product as well. And I've had them in the past. But the ones I've gotten most use out of, plain and simple, are these rain gloves. And Phil Mickelson, a huge advocate of these. And for whatever people are laughing or staring because you've got two black gloves on, one on each hand. And now all of a sudden you grip that golf club and have the confidence that I can take a regular swing and not worry that the club is going to fly out of my hand. I'm going to hit a terrible shot. So, you know, hopefully it's sunny where you're playing golf. But if it's not and it's raining so steadily that you are having trouble holding on and gripping the golf club, a set of these rain grip golf clubs will do the trick. You'll be thrilled that you've got a pair. Not much to add for me. Uh, if you've used them, you know they work. Uh, and if you've been in a situation where it's raining a lot, uh, you haven't used them, you know it's really tough to be be sure of yourself standing over that shot. So, yeah, the, if you just... Just buy them once, keep them in your bag. Uh, when you need them, that's it's going to be a huge boost for you. Number three for me is, um, so for me, I've been on a couple of trips where I've played a lot of golf, a lot of golf in a short amount of time. Over that time as that happens, and this is something that happens with me, like when I have a two-year-old, so I'm giving him baths every night. My hands are are dried out. If you swing a golf club, if you play five rounds and swing it over a hundred times over the course of a week, uh, you may have experienced this too. My hands just get dried and, and cracked and, you know, sometimes blisters or calluses, what have you, that happens. So I started using this stuff. Um, it's hand repair cream. Specifically, the best product I've used is called Duke Cannon Bloody Knuckles. And this stuff, if you just put it on before and after your round, got any cracks, you got any, you know, your hands are, are dry or just beat up, this stuff is the best that I've used to, to heal and to moisturize your hands. Um, it works absolute wonders. And now if I'm going on a golf trip, if I'm really, if I'm going anywhere, I just, I have it in the, the toiletry kit. Um, Bloody Knuckles hand repair cream for me is... Uh, 100% an essential 
item. I don't know if you've ever used something like that, Joe, but it's it's changed uh, the game for me and and made me my hands just start hurting after a while. Um, but it's it's a wonderful product. Al, that's an impressive recommendation. Uh, Duke Cannon Bloody Knuckles Hand Repair Balm. I, sure, in back in my days when I was street fighting, uh, that sounded like a very, very good idea. But um, for golf, um, you know what? In all seriousness, I, I got to look into that um, because, yeah, I, I think we all do when we play a lot of golf and your hands dry out. And in particular, the knuckles on my right hand, I mean, are, uh, you know, there's like white cracks in them, you yes. know, and I'm like, oh, wow, uh, that's yes. too bad. And uh, although, you know, uh, I, I could have been wiser about my choice in administering them, um, it sounds like you've got a product that if you've used, you trust it. Uh, again, people forget you can actually heal a little faster, be ready for that next round of golf. and. Uh, you know, use this product. And, and as you mentioned, band-aids, throw in some band-aids yeah. and, um, you know, don't be, don't be such a tough guy or girl about it. Um, you know, do what you need to do to heal and get ready for the, that next round. The label, it's like a yellow label and it's got a bare knuckle boxer on it. It's if you're looking for it in the store. Um, okay. Quickly. We've each got a couple of left. So let's, what's your number four item? Okay, from time to time, you got an early tea time and your hands are freezing. Number of different ways to take care of that. But my favorite way, uh, like the old days of being a pitcher or a bowler and used to keep a rosin bag handy. Well, I guess you could do that on the golf course too. But for cold hands, I like hand warmers and the ones that come in a packet. Um, I've seen uh, hot shots from uh, PGA Tour Superstore. I've seen hot hands, um, get them from Amazon, pop a couple in my bag if I know it's gonna be, you know, 38 degrees when we tee off. You know, the experts all say you gotta keep your head warm and your ears warm and, and you know, the rest of it will be okay. For golf, you've gotta keep your hands warm. Keep the feel in your fingers and your hands for that golf club, especially the touch shots and, um, you know, that's my favorite way to do it. They last for six, seven, eight hours. So no matter how slow your round is, you're you're going to have that warmth. Every time, just pop your hand back in your pocket, warm them up, and now I'm ready to swing. A couple other products in that vein, um, you know, there's a, uh, uh, like a pouch that uh, I've seen from both Titleist and Ping that, uh, you know, yeah, like the football quarterbacks have, you just stick your hands in, warm them up, and when you're ready to hit, and it's pretty convenient. Less convenient were cart mitts back in the day, and I used them for you know at least 50 rounds in my life. But there's a hassle factor in having to take both of them off, then put one on if you're driving a cart, and so forth. So um, any of those things that you need to do is uh, is advised to just keep your hands warm. But I like putting that little packet in your pocket, warming up, and bang, go hit your shot. Joe, I don't know if you were in the scouts growing up, but it seems like you're the type of guy that's just ready for anything in any situation based on some of the items on your list. It's just <laughs> kind of like the rain gloves. You, you never know when you're going to need hand warmers, but having them in the bag is, is so clutch if the, the temperature drops, especially and if you know you're going to be playing cold weather golf, it's um, the best to be able to pop pop one of those in your hands between shots. I completely agree. Um my my four is an item that you're gonna. This is another just throw in your bag to have at all times, um, and it's simple. It's a it's a koozie. I always have a koozie in my golf bag. Um, I'm gonna have a beverage on the course, uh, no matter what you're drinking, particularly if it's cold, um, and to prevent the condensation from a drink that's just been sitting in your your golf cart you're walking with. Um, don't want to get your hands wet. Don't want to get your hands too cold. Um, you know, if you have a, a Yeti or some, some other side type of cup instead of a koozie, uh, that can keep a hot drink hot without you know, burning your hands or what have you spilling all over the place. Um, a koozie or a, again, I'll add in like a, a cup or some sort of container like a Yeti cup 
something like that is always good uh, to stay in a comfort zone while you enjoy a beverage cart. So I think koozie is just easiest to, to throw in the bag and have at all times. Light, compact, leave it in there forever. Definitely, Al. Solid, simple choice. And again, you get right to the heart of the matter. You know, it doesn't take up much room. It's, uh, you know, couldn't be any uh, easier. And you don't want that condensation on your hand and then try to figure out wiping it off just before you're about to play. So this uh, takes care of that problem, doesn't it? Does for me, Joe. All right, number five, last items on our list. And then we're going to share a couple of reader answers. Okay, uh, maybe I'm going back to my Boy Scout days, prepared for anything, but uh, this just happened to come in handy on my last trip to Augusta for the Masters. Both of these products, earplugs and Breathe Right nasal strips. Okay, I'm sure you all know what both of those are, just in case you have a roommate on a buddy's trip and need to mitigate the effects of you or him snoring. Everybody needs a good night's sleep to play that good round of golf. And so if you don't want to listen to him, um, pop in the earplugs. And if you're a little worried about keeping your neighbor awake because you're snoring, the Breathe Right nasal strips uh, really do help. And uh, I've been, you know, again, don't have to do that very often these days, but once in a while on a buddy's trip, on a situation where you got to share a room, uh, both of them invaluable to have. This one's so good because I've also been on a trip where I'm not even staying in the same room as a guy and you can hear him snoring. So if you can have earplugs for that, uh, you know, kudos to you for mentioning the nasal strips, wanting to be, wanting to be, you know, generous and make sure everyone else is comfortable. That's, that's great. But this for me is all about the earplugs. I don't pack them enough and I always regret not having them when I know I'm going to be staying in a place with other people and I'm a light sleeper, I'll get, if it's, if I get woken up because of somebody snoring, then uh, it's, it's curtains for me. I'm up the rest of the night. So uh, this is, that's such a good one for you to end your list. And last for me, Joe is uh, a techie one. I, I like to, I have this uh, portable phone charger that I like to keep with me and travel with. Again, not just for golf trips in general. Um, nowadays, a lot of the the golf carts you ride in are going to have that USB port. And if you have a phone cord with you, I keep one of those in my golf bag at all times too, an extra phone cord to plug in. Um, sometimes they don't. And it's a, a good idea to have a, a, mine is a Mophie that I use, charge it up take it with you if you're running low on battery and need to charge your phone back up uh it does the job it's very compact as well and can fit right in, in any of the pockets of your golf bag um but if you especially if you're going to an unfamiliar location need to get somewhere after the round uh and your phone's dead that's not a good time so that that for me makes it an essential item and, that's, what, and that's our list yeah okay i couldn't agree with you more as <laughs> As the dope in every group who uses an old cell phone, um, uh, that that the battery runs and runs and runs, and all of a sudden I need charging. Uh, that couldn't be better advice for somebody like me. Be besides, get a new cell phone. Yeah, that too. Okay, so I'm gonna run through a few reader answers real quick. If you have any thoughts at the end of it, Joe, uh, we'll welcome those, and then we're gonna get again to our conversation with. The guys from the the guys from Youth on Course. So um, here we go. So John S says convertible pants, which can be zipped off into shorts when a chilly morning turns into a warm afternoon. Nice. I call those zipaways uh, where I'm from. Don't wear them anymore, but uh, I can see how that would be a good thing to have. Um, Sept H says two pairs of golf shoes. Uh, he takes one spikeless and one spiked pair. Uh, so it's nice to have, a, he says, if you know you play one day and it rains, you don't have a, a soaking wet shoe the next day. I can definitely see that being a good thing if you have the room to pack for that, sure. Um, Charles M. says, rain gear, jacket, pants, and Joe's aforementioned all-weather gloves. Those are important items for him to have. Rain gear is, is really 
one I include and in, in when I pack on every trip too, just in case you need it. Um, that's a good one. Then we've got, let's see, Brian H says extra socks, band-aids, sunblock, some of the ones that we mentioned. Ibuprofen, that's a good one. Um, I'm always asking for that from people uh, who are in my group, uh, probably annoyingly to them. I should probably include that in my list uh, going forward as well. Uh, and then he says, if walking a lot in the heat, diaper rash ointment might be the most important item. Maybe some of you can relate. Uh, Joe, what strikes you from some of our readers' responses there? Uh, honestly, no. <laughs> Al, these are some um, these are some pretty wise folks uh, reading and listening because I agree with every one of them. Um, man, I remember my first international travel, Scotland and Ireland, and uh, this goes back 30 years with um, the dog leash family, uh, Gordon and, and Colin uh, with Perry Golf. And they emphasize bring two pairs of golf shoes um, and, and good socks because all the walking that you're going to be doing in Scotland and Ireland, uh, wow, it's probably going to rain on one or two of those days. And you're going to need, if you don't have full waterproof shoes, to dry those shoes out. And in addition, when you've been walking every day in the same pair, kind of need to give them a breather and have that second pair along with the great pairs of socks. Uh, the last guy, sure, we want to laugh at him, diaper rash ointment. But dude, you are right on. Whatever product it is, if you've got that chafing because of walking, what, however you're built, whatever the circumstances, um, man, you know, very smart thinking because you don't want to have a golf vacation ruined uh, by something like that kind of problem. Before we get to our interview with representatives from Youth on Course, let's hear a word from our sponsor this season. This episode of the Lynx Golf Podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Tourism Ireland. Discover what fills your heart with Ireland and experience golf like never before. World-class courses, historic links, breathtaking scenery, and unmatched hospitality await. Visit ireland.com backslash golf and start planning your trip today. All right, we're happy to be joined now by the CEO of Youth on Course, Adam Hike, and uh, another good friend of ours, a guy I met on the 17th tee before a nervy tee shot at Pebble Beach about a month ago, uh, Todd Lincoln, who helped set up this conversation. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Adam, for joining us today to talk about Youth on Course. Uh, I know for our listeners, that's uh, a name uh, of an organization that in recent years, we started to hear a little bit more about, and uh, especially in terms of developing the game uh, for junior golfers uh, around the country. So we're treating this as an opportunity to introduce you all, the listeners, to Youth on Course. Um, again, guys, thank you for joining us. Um, Adam, what is Youth on Course? <laughs> First of all, thanks for having us. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, Youth on Course is a Nonprofit organization designed to give kids access to opportunities through golf, right? So what does that mean? Well, mainly it's access to the golf course. Uh, Youth on Course was actually started by the Northern California Golf Association back in 2006. Uh, a, a charitable, uh, you know, organization that that really, really relies on private contributions uh, to grow and the the really the 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 root of of our mission is access to the golf course by subsidizing rounds of golf so kids can play almost 2000 facilities in the US and Canada for $5 or less and we we take those privately raised funds and subsidize golf courses uh, back for their for that access itself so we've got 140,000 young people ages 17 uh, until you turn 19 that can literally join uh, for a nominal fee every year on our website and get access to some pretty amazing golf courses. Uh, and it was really started out of a out of a need to actually get kids playing. There's a lot of organizations, uh, and, and Todd knows this well uh, through his work and and getting the first tee up and going uh, that that introduce kids to golf, uh, teach the game, right? All of that is, is amazing, but 
if you then can't afford to go play, in some ways you've done kids and families this disservice of, of kind of getting them so interested and, and bought into to the sport. And so we, we felt like if we could eliminate cost as a barrier to the sport, you know, we would be doing a, a huge favor to kids, to, to families and, and to the industry itself. Todd, how did you get involved? I know he mentioned that you were a part of the, the group that developed the first T. Uh, what led you from there to, to here with your affiliation with, with Youth on Course? Yeah, to be clear, I was a sponsor and a, a service provider uh, uh, to the PGA Tour and the Ladies Tour as well um, through Merrill Lynch. Um, I started some early financial services investment management programs in the middle 80s. And, and, and thus got involved in some sponsorship things. You might all remember the Maryland shootout. Uh, for those who are old enough to remember that, uh, ran about 12 years on tour, on all tours, actually. And um, any event, I I'm semi-retired out to uh, the Carmel area here, Carmel Valley, and, and met Adam um, and, but, and, and, and through a, a, one of the founders actually learned about youth on course and I immediately thought, Wow, there's an organization I could get my my you know semi-retired arms around, and um, you know I, Adam pointed it out. It's access and and growing the game, and I I, I applaud the first tee. They've done a hell of a job of uh, getting kids involved in in understanding the nuances of the game and how that works uh, weaves into your life and your livelihood and and, and just how you are as a person. Um, I I really applaud that they've stuck to their guns all the way through. Um, but the next step is missing, and that's, uh, generationally speaking, growing the game. So how do you do that? Well, it's access. Adam's already pointed this out, but I'll just reiterate and emphasize that's why I got involved. I'll, I'll mention, too, that Youth on Course is complementary to the first tee, right? It's complementary to PGA Junior League. It's complementary to USGA, LPGA Girls Golf. Right? We're taking a lot of those kids who, who then get an interest in the game, get some instruction, and then allowing them to join Youth on Course and kind of foster what Todd is, is talking about, actually, you know, keep them with the game. Because if you can play more frequently, I mean, you guys know your golfers, right? It's it's addicting and you want to keep going. You want to keep playing. And, and you can't do that um, at the level that I think we'd all like to do it if you can't afford to cover green fees. Yeah, 100%. And I know that uh, you've had, you know, I was just looking through your website and seeing some of the people that are involved. I mean, Dr. Condoleezza Rice is uh, one of the ultimate ambassadors of the game we see every year. She's at the Masters with Drive, Chip, and Pud, and uh, you've got some some well-known pros involved too. Lizette Salas, Jennifer Cupcho, uh, Harold Varner. Um, what have they done to to help you, you know, promote your message? You know, they, they certainly amplify our voice, right? Those are all, you know, big names within the sport, within business. Uh, it's, it's, it's something that we, that we take, you know, seriously in that, and who's helping represent us. Uh, Colin Morikawa and Rory McElroy are, are also two that have kind of lended their names to either the 100-hole hike or, or, you know, different uh, sponsorship opportunities. You know, U.S. Bank is, is a sponsor of Collins and, and contributing, you know, memberships for every single birdie Colin makes this year, right? So it's, I think that the recognition around youth on course is certainly growing. Um, I think it's it's well known in California because we started here so long ago, but as we've expanded east uh, and internationally, it's it's something that we're, we're continuing to, to try and add more golf courses, you know, drive awareness. So, you know, opportunities like this to talk to you guys is, is certainly uh, valued. Joe, you wrote a, a story about uh, someone else involved, right? I did. Yeah. Two years ago, I did a story for um, the NCGA magazine on the Santa Teresa Junior Golf Club, uh, the youth on course program there, which was a big one. And uh, of course, it was right on the heels of uh, an alumna, an alumnus, uh, uh, Justin Sue, that... Um, yeah, I had finished uh, nicely in the farmer's tournament at Torrey Pines and gave half his winnings back to the tournament, uh, you know, to to use as they wanted um, in charities. And uh, a lot of people were amazed, but uh, uh, the director of golf at the time at Santa Teresa, he may still be there, Terry Sullivan, 
yeah. uh, was not was not surprised and said this is just the kind of family that Justin comes from, that uh, Justin and his sister were uh, active participants. And um, I mean, you know, it was like, all right, I'm I'm interviewing this fellow, but the back of my mind is racing with just what a special thing to produce young people like this that think about giving back first and foremost and, um, and, and what youth on course really the values that it imparts uh, for providing these opportunities. It's, it's an amazing story. Justin's an incredible part of, of, I think the history of youth on course and there, you know, there are so many others like him, whether it's, Cameron Champ or Austin Smotherman or Lucy Lee, right? Or you let me know there's 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 kids who I think really appreciate along with their families the value of, of what we're providing. Uh, we have some kind of a careers on course program that subsidizes wages within the industry and a college scholarship program as well. Uh, but the hallmark of this is, is purely access to the sport. And I, I think, you know, Joe, the, those are Justin's a great example of, of a group of, of young people who are not only making their way in golf, but making their way in different industries, right? You know, Todd's a financial guy, right? There's other people going into tech. It's it's allowing kids to, to flourish. And, and I think during the pandemic, uh, we, you know, we saw this enormous jump in interest in youth on courses. Our membership doubled across the country because it was one of the few things you could do, right? I mean, you guys know that. So, um, we're, we're starting to see more and more families reach out to us and, and kind of share these amazing stories. You know, uh, Adam, Todd, uh, it's not just access to golf courses for $5 either. Um, from what I remember, there was uh, maybe some entree into tournaments, um, discounts uh, on the practice facility, uh, and so forth. What, what does it consist of, if you will, uh, the the total experience when you sign up for youth on course. So you you do have access to paid high school internships. There's some some regional county programs, particularly here in California, uh, and then a, a fairly sizable college scholarship program. Uh, and then there's you know, there's different benefits uh, through partnerships that we're ongoingly working on. Uh, and at one point, Joe, you're right. It did it in encapsulate uh, range balls. That that was overwhelming at, at some point. To be totally honest <laughs> with you, and so we had to yep. we had to back off uh, the, the range ball part of that and did so quite a while ago. Uh, but th there's all ongoing access to, to kind of different benefits, and, and we're building out an alumni program right now, so that when you turn 19, you know, I think that's one of the most horrifying things for the golf industry right now is that. You know, suddenly, you know, you leave a first team, you leave a youth on course, you leave a junior league, and it's, oh, my God, it's it's 75 it's $100 to play around golf. And so we're trying to ease people into that throughout their college years and develop a kind of a suite of benefits, uh, if you will, so that they can kind of continue to play with, you know, uh, into their kind of young professional careers. Well, clearly, uh, having that access to actually play golf which is what you want to do first and foremost is get on the golf course and play and, and be able to afford it and learn and learn to love the game. Um, how do you approach a, a, a given golf course to suggest this arrangement or do they come to you now? Great question. Uh, and it has changed since the pandemic. So we, we would reach out to a, a facility and we're really subsidizing rounds where golf courses have inventory. So let's say pre 2020, that was, let's call it after two or three o'clock, you know, and maybe it was Monday through Thursday afternoon and weekends after three. And that we negotiate a rate. Uh, the kids play for five bucks, you know, on average, we subsidize about $7. Now some course are, are higher, some are significantly higher, some are lower, some are, are free uh, to us and, and just absorb uh, some of that because they know that they're building kind of the community around the facility. Uh, pandemic hit, golf courses are full right now. And so it's, it's become more challenging, quite honestly. But I think we're still adding hundreds of facilities a year who I think really understand that you know, this, this boom may not last forever. Uh, and even if it, it continues as we all hope it will, there is value in making sure that 
kids have access, even if it's late in the day, even if it's a couple of days a week. And one of the things we tell golf courses is 45% of the time, kids are going to bring a paying adult. Right. So this is, this is not pure charity, right? This is something that is in your best interest uh, to, to try and, to try and kind of buy into. And, uh, and there's, you know, a number of our industry partners, including NBC sports and, and, you know, golf now and golf pass that are, you know, helping and helping us subsidize the cost of all these increased rounds that have kind of come over the last couple of years. I'm, I'm interested in, you mentioned it earlier, uh, the 100 hole hike. And I, I want to ask both of you, uh, Todd, I don't know if you did it there at the Hay at Pebble Beach or either if either of you have done it, but uh, can you tell us about what that is? And and if you have done it, I'd like to know about your your experience and how those hundred holes went for you. Todd, why don't you start off? I'm, I'm interested to hear this myself. <laughs> well, since we 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 since we uh, we finished in the dark, Adam and and all the the top brass had already left. Um, yeah, eight and a half, eight and a half hours later, my group finished. We, we, uh, we, it was the, it was the most fun eight and a half hours I've ever spent on a golf course. Uh, it, it, it helped that I was with a, a nice group of guys, but honestly, the hay is so much fun. Uh, any part three course, I think in America that hosts these is, is great fun. Uh, and I just, I encourage people to do it. It's, it's an easy it's an easy thing to do. Eight and a half hours. Uh, uh, you see my fancy cap here. I, I earned that by playing at it. You know, I had a hole of one, which was uh, the highlight for for me personally. And I'm reminded by that where the youth on course will send you, uh, you know, all kinds of fun things to uh, remind you of not only your participation, but also if, if you happen to have a hole in one. So um, but uh, I know Adam is is, is, is growing that side of the charitable, you know, private sector involvement. Um, and I encourage uh, any operator of a par three course uh, and, and members or, or public facilities thereof to, to get involved. It's, it's really a, a great way to showcase the, uh, the program and, and do it in a, in a par three facility. It's just fantastic. Of course, the hay, uh, he prepared, you know, I'll, I'll let him talk about the Pebble Beach relationship, but it's certainly, I'm sure if, if he could do it four or five times a year, he'd do it. Uh, I played with a guy who flew across from Atlanta to play in it. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think the court and the other side of it is the corporate uh, side, which is growing. It sounds like from Adam, I, I don't know much about it, but it's, it's one of the things I would encourage companies to get behind. I mean, how do you not get behind youth sports, let alone uh, youth, uh, youth golf? It's now it's one of these things where, you know, we, we had heard of people doing it. We had a staff member, kind of our head of programs, Michael Lowe, who, who actually did it at the Olympic club across, you know, 45 different holes that they've got there. I uh, did hundred holes and it took them almost 14 hours. I mean, nearly killed them. And <laughs> as, we, as we kind of grew this thing, right. We, I mean, we've done it at some amazing facilities, uh, the dunes club, you know, Mike Kaiser's initial design right outside Chicago and, uh, you know, Lake Merced in San Francisco and, and these facilities, as Todd was saying, I mean, it, they're brutally difficult. And so it appealed to a very small kind of subset of groups and people would raise money, you know, I'll, I'll bet you a hundred bucks. I can't do this job, I'll bet you a hundred bucks. And, and we were raising a, a good amount of money. And we, we had this light bulb, this look, we got to make this appealing and fun, not this, you know, death march across the golf course. And so as Todd mentioned, it's like, Hey, let's go to the hay. Let's go to the cradle, right? Let's go to the baths at Whistling Straits and make it an experience and have dinner and make sure you get, you know, the day before you come in and you play spyglass or, you know, you play number two and, and you know, you can open to make it something that is a buddy's trip or a, you know, husband and wife trip. And so, you know, this year we'll have more than 30 different hikes, many of them, most of them at some pretty iconic part three facilities throughout the country, you know, some are, some are at private clubs that open their doors and some are at, some are at, you know, fantastic resorts. And, you know, as Todd mentioned, the relationship with Pebble Beach uh, and Youth on Course is a special one. Uh, they were the, really the first, you know, mainline, you know, big resort to, to actually allow kids to come play for five bucks and be part of the program, right? So, 
Kids can play the hay. They can play Spanish Bay and Del Monte for $5, right? And so we took that example and Pinehurst bought in and you can play one, three, and five and the cradle at Pinehurst for $5. You can play uh, Cog Hill for five bucks, right? You can play Chambers Bay for five bucks. I mean, courses that, you know, people think no way. There's, there's no way that that could possibly be true. And we, you know, we subsidize a very small portion of that back to these resorts. You know, Pebble Beach isn't expecting a $300 subsidy every time a kid plays, right? It's, it's, it's kind of the buy-in of, hey, this is the right thing to do and provides a lot of value for the local community. So, uh, you know, Pebble's been great. We've got two different, you know, publicly available hikes at the Hay, one in July, one in October. Uh, TaylorMade is going to do one, you know, later this year, uh, it's it's something that that really is growing and we, we raised about two and a half million dollars you know across maybe 250 different golfers last year doing it so uh, we're always looking for more you know golfers to partake in that the lineup is pretty amazing i know you have the different levels based on uh, contribution and in the different places but it, it's all over the the country and i would encourage people to go to to youthoncourse.org and then check out the 100 hole hike uh, some of the locations likely are going to be coming to a place near you and likely are going to be a really good par three course that you're going to want to play uh, and for a good cause. So that's that's amazing. Um, how else, outside of what we've already mentioned, if someone wanted to contribute in some way, how else could they do that? You know, the the hike is obviously the maybe the most fun, uh, but there there's you know, what, what we need most right now is access. And so course relationships, I would say, are, are huge, right? So to the extent that, you know, the, the listeners here play a participating golf course or a, or a golf course that's, you know, down the streets, publicly available, we need to get them engaged in youth on course, right? We are looking to grow. We have about 20% of the public golf course in the United States on board, right? We need to push that to 50 over the next three to four years. And so that's, that's the biggest thing you can do is, is kind of talk to your local facility. Uh, we have a lot of private clubs that uh, kind of pull different levers and try and support through its membership, uh, whether it's their head pro hiking, whether it's a roundup campaign within the club to support the organization. There's a number of different ways to, to do that. Uh, and then obviously, you know, again, the hike being the most fun and, and something that you can do with friends and buddies at, at varying levels, right? It, it doesn't have to be, uh, at, you know, $10,000 a pop. It's, it's uniquely uh, set up to, to appeal to, I think, a broad range of folks. And you can count on seeing Todd there and, and betting him on another hole-in-one this year, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, Joe, I, I don't know if you have anything else, um, but we really appreciate your time today um, shining a light on what you guys do. It's, it's a very unique and cool thing, and uh, we love it. Growing the game is... It's obviously of utmost importance. I'm glad you guys have had a lot of success uh, and wish you the best moving forward. Really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thanks, Alan, Joe.